This morning, I'm very happy to get to introduce you to our seminarian for this summer, Mr. Robbie Bauman. Uh, it is great to welcome him here. He just got here yesterday afternoon after the diaconate ordination down in Huntersville for three of our seminarians. We have three new deacons who, God willing, will be priests next year. And it was so good to get to meet Robbie in person for the first time yesterday, to welcome here in the best possible Salisbury way with a great mass last night at 4.30, and then afterwards I took him right to go burrito. So it was a really good way to just welcome him to town, and Robbie, it's so good to have, have you with us, and we get to talk to him, say hi after mass. And it was funny, I, I knew Robbie would be on his way this weekend. I was not aware that I was actually going to have another guest as well. Um, he's not with us anymore. But this week was graduation in the school as well as kindergarten graduation, which was very exciting. A lot of awards and, you know, just as we get to the end of the school year, it's a very packed time. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time during the week to do the normal reading I like to do. And I was really looking forward to Friday evening when I was going to get to read all about Pentecost. And so Friday was the early morning mass and confessions and graduation mass, graduation, all the events of graduation, and then adoration and divine mercy at 3.30. I had a meeting at 4.30 to 5.30. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get to go do this. And I was in my office and I looked up and there was Deacon Darren Balky waving at me. It's like, oh, hey, buddy. And uh, he stayed at the rectory for the night. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay. And Deacon Darren talks even more than I do. So <laughs> I didn't get to do all of the research and everything I normally like to do in getting ready for the homily. However, it was great to get to sit with him and just be with him for a while because 13 days from today, he's going to be ordained a priest. And so just talking about it all, you know, and just to say like, Buddy, I'm running on fumes right now. It's been a crazy May just with all the sacraments and everything else and just run on fumes. You can tell my hairline is continually going backwards. It's like I look tired because I am. But after 12 years of priesthood, I'd do it all again if I was in his shape, in his place, because it is so amazing and it is so good and it's so nice to welcome him. He went up to a first mass in Arlington, Virginia, today, one of his friends who's being ordained, but he'll be back later. We'll get to see him a lot before he's ordained here in two weeks. But then yesterday, it was so good to be together with a bunch of brother priests to see these three men ordained to the diaconate. And then as I was driving home, I thought, man, it's all been so good. I need to do a little bit of penance. So I called Father Rossi. And <laughs> it was just great. Now, in all honesty, I did call him, but like going to an ordination, it's like going to a wedding, right? Like you want to talk to everybody and you just don't get a chance to, and we haven't gotten to catch up much for a while. And so we talked basically the whole drive home from Huntersville to Salisbury. And it's very interesting to me and why I even share this with you was because we're just talking about, you know, things going on in our parish and how good they are. He's just starting his fifth year now at St. Michael's in Gastonia, and there's a lot of good things going on. I told him, there's so many good things going on at Sacred Heart, and I absolutely love it, and I don't want to leave for 50 years, and just all this great stuff. But at the same time, we both are kind of having a similar experience, and I think a lot of other people are too, that even though on the ground, like here in the parish, things are so good, I can't help but feel kind of overwhelmed. And he said the same thing. A lot of people he's talking to kind of feel the same way. Why? Well, I mean, I don't have to tell you. I mean, the news has been atrocious lately, right? 
We know that there's a lot of evil out there in the world, and it just feels like it's just pressing on from all sides in so many different ways. And I saw a headline this week about, you know, everything going on down in Texas and how, you know, just horrible it is and like just the aftermath of it. And in that little town in Texas, I want to say you pronounce it Uvalde, um, there's one Catholic church and it's Sacred Heart Catholic Church. And I was reading a little bit about them and of the 21 people who died in that horrible massacre, 12 of them, most of them very young, are going to be buried out of Sacred Heart. Some of those funerals have already happened. There have been times when they've had multiple funerals in one day. And I just thought to myself, my God, like that poor priest, like how difficult that must be. Because you know, funerals are tough anyway. I mean, some are easier than others, but none of them are easy. You know, it's just, it's always a difficulty. And to have them in that kind of a, of a situation and to have so many. So I called Sacred Heart Parish there in Texas this week just to say, from one Sacred Heart to another, I just want to extend our prayers to tell Father that we're praying for him, to tell the community, you know, we're united with you in prayer. And God bless the woman who answered the phone. She was so kind. She said, Sacred Heart, where where from? And I said, Salisbury, North Carolina. And she said, oh, like the steak? Yes, like the steak. (laughs) So, you know, it's so nice. It's like we all speak the same language, you know, and that we're in this together. And the reason I bring this up, the priest there, his name is Father Eddie Morales. And I read a quote that he gave in the face of all of this just atrocity, right? He said, folks, it's okay to be angry, but don't let it turn to hatred. And I thought, God bless you, buddy. I mean, that's such a good thing to be reminded of, to be able to stand up in the midst of something that is so unexplainable, you know, just doesn't have any reason, it's completely irrational, but to point to the fact that we do still live in a rational universe, that we live, quite frankly, with it being better than merely rational, but good, right? Yes, we live in a fallen world. Yes, we are faced all the time with all sorts of, we'll just call it man-made evil, because one of the things that man makes is sin and turning his back on God. And when we're so focused on that, on the fallen, I think that's when the overwhelming aspects start to hit us so hard. But what this particular solemnity reminds us of is that we need not be overwhelmed, that the overwhelming causes don't win in the end. And the way that God goes about his recreation is so incredible. That first Pentecost, there's so many allusions to Mount Sinai with, you know, the the cloud on the mountain and the mighty wind up there and the fire that descends down on the mountain. And when you think about this too, that fire on the apostles, it's like the burning bush that's on fire but not consumed. And I will tell you, I mean, I wish we had all day to do this. I would love to just read all of the second chapter of Acts the Apostles because there's so much more that happens after this reading. Peter, the same one who denied Jesus three times, now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is speaking to all of Jerusalem and telling them about what has happened with Jesus Christ, whom you put to death, is risen from the dead. And the people are 
cut to the heart. And they ask him, what should we do? And he says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. And then 3,000 are baptized that day. And I'll just tell you as an aside, I had seven baptisms last Saturday and I was exhausted afterwards. 3,000 is incredible. I mean, it's so many people all of a sudden. You see like from the upper room, the apostles there with Mary and all of a sudden it explodes, right? And the way that it happens, it's like instead of the words being cut onto the tablets of stone on Mount Sinai, the people are cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit comes into them. It's as though they are living examples of the very love of God going out into the world to change the face of the earth, as we heard so beautifully sung in Psalm 104 this morning. That God knows what he's doing. He knows how to work with us and send us out there to make us on fire but not consumed. But I will tell you, I think the hardest temptation that we have right now, especially as it seems that evil is so loud and noisy, is that we can get overwhelmed. We can get to the point where we get almost cynical and despairing and we don't want to keep going. And that reminds me of this quote from one of my favorite authors, from one of my favorite books, G.K. Chesterton, and this is from his book, Orthodoxy. may not make sense at first when I'm reading this, but you'll see what I'm getting to. G.K. Chesterton says this, now to put the matter in a popular phrase, it might be true that the sun rises regularly because he never gets tired of rising. His routine might be due not to lifelessness, but to a rush of life. The thing I mean can be seen, for instance, in children when they find some game or joke that they especially enjoy. A child kicks his legs rhythmically through excess, not absence of life. Because children have a bounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free. Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. Now, when you think about that in merely the order of creation, today we have God, as Jesus promised at the Last Supper, pouring out the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, upon us. He continues to renew and recreate the face of the earth, continues to give us himself. The problem is, is that we've sinned and grown old and we don't rejoice in the monotony of the unending love that God is pouring out on us all the time. We get overwhelmed, cynical, despairing, to the point that we don't see how good it can all be. And the amazing thing is, the same thing happened to the apostles on that first Pentecost. If you read just beyond what we heard today, right after they start speaking and all these things are happening, some people say, wow, this is amazing. And others say, eh, they're just full of new wine. 
And Peter says, we're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, which is a wonderful thing to hear from St. Peter. Keep reading that beautiful second chapter. But the fact of the matter is, people get cynical out there. We get to the point where we've grown old and we don't rejoice in all the good that God can do. On this Pentecost, as we prepare to transition back into ordinary time, I think it's so crucial that we recognize the fact that in a way it's like nothing is ordinary. God continues to be present, continues to pour out the Holy Spirit upon us. He is on offer all the time. He rejoices in working with us, in renewing the face of the earth. Yes, there is evil out there, but by the gift of the Holy Spirit, Father Eddie Morales can stand up and say, folks, do not give in to hatred. Do not be afraid. We don't fight evil with more evil. Rather, we know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ went to the worst thing invented by man, right? That horrible instrument of torture that is the cross, took it on and was glorified, took on the worst of what we can do and rose from the dead. And then, rather than condemning us and leaving us alone and just leaving us to our own devices, to be overwhelmed and to be cynical and despairing, no. He gives us his very life, the Holy Spirit, to enliven us, to go out there into the world, to show that his love, his reconciliation, his peace, his goodness, all of this is so good, is so present, so that each and every one of us can continue to be like those little children, open to God, willing to follow him, and to get up each and every day knowing that he loves us, and to say, do it again. Praise be Jesus Christ.